Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Vigilant Guitars. Vigilant is a really rad company based in Victoria, BC, Canada, and they're making some of the world's coolest multi-scale extended range guitars and basses, all custom ordered. You want it, they'll do it. Not just the weird stuff, you just want a sick six string shred machine, it's done. Trevor is making some of the hippest stuff out there, and he's doing it using all of the most environmentally friendly processes and lumbers that he can. Heck, he often harvests his own lumber, but if he can't do that, he gets it from ethical sources. He's happy to use modern parts and modern techniques like LED lighting, rock light, carbon fiber, all sorts of cool stuff. So if you're looking for something awesome, check out Vigilant Guitars. going straight to Casper's thighs. It's another sweet episode of The Cultured Guitarist. I hate you. <laughs> My name is Air on the Side of Caution, Al. Never have you done that. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> and with me as ever is possibly my favorite nickname that I've ever given him. Keep your meat farts away, Casper. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> You're a child. And... We have joined from a very far away land. It's give it all she's got, Captain Glenn from Mr. Glenn's Pickups. Kia ora. How you doing? <laughs> really good, man. Oh, man. Great. I, I want to apologize publicly. Uh, I fouled up the times, as our listeners will not be surprised at all to hear. I, I fouled up the times and uh, told poor, poor Glenn it was uh, 10 p.m. his time tonight. Uh, that was not even close to accurate. What time is it in, uh, in your hometown there, Mr. Glenn? It is 9.30 a.m. A.m. A.m., <laughs> not p.m., Mr. Al. A.m. <laughs> well, I, 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 done, I done Glenn dirty on this one, folks. Yeah. I, I want to apologize. <laughs> but thanks for being a good sport and, and jumping on the air with us anyways. No worries. I just, I just got back in from taking the dog on the beach and saw the message. I went, oh. Wait a minute. Anyway, <laughs> I'm dealing with an idiot. That's oh. okay. I uh, I actually got, I was confused too because I thought it was actually later for us tonight. I thought it was later for us, not for you. And then Al <laughs> sent me a text today saying, okay, let me know when Theo's good to go because my dog doesn't like him. And uh, yep, here we are. Your dog deeply hates me. I'm not sure why. I think you guys need to like meet on 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 like neutral ground, not in the house, like <laughs> at a park. I literally sat upstairs one time for like, what, two hours just feeding him treats nonstop. Mm -hmm. Still the hatred. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He was kinder. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you held the key to his heart for mere, mere yeah. moments. <laughs> it was, yeah. Anyway. I've never met a more food motivated dog in all my life. Yeah. yeah. I, got a, I got a cat like that. He'll do anything. Mm-hmm. He learned to sit up and beg and wow, you know, like things that cats do not do. <laughs> He's learned to do that for treats. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. It's useless. That's yeah. great. Yep. 
<laughs> Anyways, Glenn, stoked to have yeah. you on the show, man. Well, thank you very much for having me. And uh, I appreciate that you're willing to risk coming on our particular brand of unhinged <laughs> radio uh, to to tang out and ta- tang out, to hang out, to man. hang out, and uh, talk pickups and stuff with us. Yeah, well, I, I had a good listen to you guys yesterday. I had a listen to the that episode on SGs, um, ah, or, or yeah. the one, yeah, or the episode that was eventually on SGs. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was fascinated. Yeah, I didn't realize how many models there were. Oh, there are like hundreds. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's been in continual production since 1961. There's uh, there's an SG for everybody, and uh, if there isn't an SG that you love, then you're a bad person. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a thing you said <laughs> I stand by it I love SGs yeah, anyway let's let's fire into it so uh, why don't we kick it off with, with you Glenn what have you been up to this week guitar and or music wise other than the obvious of uh, you know building pickups uh, well I've been building pickups really um <laughs> Oh no! I did. I did play guitar yesterday. I probably spent half an hour playing guitar, which was which is really nice. It's really easy to forget to do that, you know. Oh yeah. Weird. We talked to a lot of builders, and it's funny how many of them are like, "I played guitar two days ago." Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, I I I'm of a similar similar brand, a similar breed. I I I f- have all this gear around, and I want to play it, but yeah. life is just <laughs> in the way most of the time. Anyways. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I, I actually played plugged in. Um, I've got all that set up in the workshop here, which I walk past, you know, 50 times a day, walk past the amp and don't ever play through it. But I did yesterday. Yeah. How'd that feel? How'd that make you feel? (laughs) It it made me feel like I wish I did it more often. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, me too. That's great, man. (laughs) What about you? You been playing guitar? I actually, uh, I actually taught my dad a guitar lesson yesterday, which was, which was great. Um, he's, uh, he's kind of found his way into music that I like as well. And, and he's, uh, so I'll show him some music and be like, Oh, I really like that. I want to learn that. And then he'll go and try his, try his best to like sort it out. And then he'll be like, okay, you got to show me this, this, and that about this song that, that, that you showed me. And so we'll, we'll dig through it and show him the little riffs and things throughout and, and how to do some of the little you know, hammer-ons and pull-offs to get some of these accent pieces and stuff. And, and it, it was fun, man. We were we were probably two hours jamming in the basement down here yesterday. It was great. And I, like I say, I don't I don't get enough time to to sit and play music either. You know, I want to, but by the time it's evening time here and everybody's winding down, I can't plug in my Deville because that'll keep the whole neighborhood up. So you had to have the four ten. It's beautiful. 60 it's watts so to good. thunder. It's so good. I actually want a solid state amp back again. I'm going to go get another really? Katana. Yeah, I got to get another <laughs> Katana so that I can I can play <coughs> plugged in and not send. Like, as I like playing my my acoustic through my pedals and things like that. And the, the, the DeVille is just too much. It just, yeah. it feedbacks instantly. There's no, yeah. there's no reining that stupid thing in. It's, no, no, no. <laughs> but stupid in a good way. It's like off the rails good, and I like it. But my acoustic doesn't like it very much, or it doesn't like my acoustic very much. You so. mean? So you are you are you out, out, out gigging as well? I haven't gigged in over two years. 
But yeah. So I think the last gig I went to didn't even go that well. So it's been like, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> that the charity function one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you that was like two years, two and a half years ago. Ryan was here then. Yep. Yep. That's well over two years, my friend. That's like four years. Really? Yeah. It can't be. Maybe three. Been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's like say two and a half. I think it was about two and a half. Been years long ago. enough. Both of us can't remember. Yeah. How's that? <laughs> but I mean, and then after that, it was like you know work and life and things got in the way of, and and gigging's not my sole focus all the time anyhow. But so. I mean, you're, okay, when you're playing, look yeah. where your pedal board is. Yeah, it's about two feet from your amp. Yeah. So if you're sitting there with a full hollow acoustic plugged in, I don't sit right there, Al. Well, if you're playing the pedals, where else no, are you I, gonna? I pull them out over here. Oh, okay. So you're two feet away from the amp and, on and that the, side, and the amp is blocked by the pedal bo- by no, my. It's not blocked, dude. There's no getting away from it in this room. There is no <laughs> getting saying, away from it here. I just, I'm just saying, if you were sitting all the way over here where I am, it would make still a difference. feedback. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't make a difference. So I need <laughs> a solid, small, solid state amp back again. Whether it be a Katana, I like that Katana. It was good. Get, some, get, get the Katana Air. No, strap some headphones on. No. No, no, no. See, you know what? I will buy the Katana 50 again or a Katana 100 and be happy. I will not spend twice that much money on a Katana Air and be unhappy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I got to play a set of those a little while back, and they are pretty rad. What about the headphones? That's what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, the headphones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were fantastic. I, I, I don't know how... Uh, like they're definitely a, a specific product. Like you, they're not going to replace an amplifier, and you can't run a pedal board through them. Uh, you can. They have an out and an in because they're wireless, aren't they? Yeah, but you can always take the output that comes from your guitar and put it at the end of your pedal board. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Weird. I don't know. So it's. Anyways, yeah. All right. What about you? Me. Um, I have started taking on tech work. I saw that. Yeah. Very good. So I I did uh, I did a Les Paul for a guy a little while back, mm-hmm. and he was really, really happy. And then he wanted me to do his Jaguar. Jaguar? I'm saying it like the British do. Jaguar. <laughs> anyway. Um, so uh, I I snagged that from him and uh, got spent. It was in bits when I saw a picture that the neck was off and yeah, there was quite well, a lot to do. It, I didn't snag it in bits. But uh, it's it's got you the mean classic. You, he let you take it apart. He did. Well, he didn't <laughs> have choice. It's uh, it's the classic fifties neck with the truss rod adjustment at the heel. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you know, it if it it makes sense if you put it in context of the times. At the time, every guitar out there was an arch top jazz box or an acoustic. When Leo was inventing these mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. things, and where are their ne- truss rods? Yeah, yeah. If they had a truss rod. Yeah, inside the body. So, it, it made sense. I suppose. Until it didn't make sense. Until someone was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Why, why do we put it over yeah. there? Yeah. You don't have to take these necks off all the time. Um, but anyway, it was a it was a classic style jag with the, the heel adjustment. So, it was a lot of neck on, neck off, neck on, neck guess off. Guess and check, guess and check, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it was just that usual uh, offset guitar geometry thing. Um, the heel 
the pocket was drilled uh, or routed, sorry, um, flat. Yeah. Um, the previous owner, because he just bought this guitar a, a week ago, the guy who hired, uh, was yeah. hiring me to, to set it up. Um, the previous owner had done the usual Fender way of getting low action, which was to, you know, drive everything on the guitar as low as it'll go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, of course, meant the action was terrible um, because it's just not, that's not how Jags and... Uh, is this a, like a like a, a squire or a Mexican or American? It or? was uh, it was a Mexican standard. So it was a really oh. nice guitar. It was the it was the only the only thing weird about it was it was the double humbucker version. Oh yeah. Um. So in, in every way possible, it was super traditional, and then it just had these stock pair of humbuckers, which was a little weird. But um, it was a fantastic guitar. It had a lot of fret sprouts, so I uh, I put the time into going out to the old place and and digging through the disaster and, and, uh, recovered most of my tools. That's good. Um, so I sat down and got to do some fret work and do a setup and on uh, offset, which, so I had a lot of fun. Even did a, uh, fretboard scrape for him. Nice. Uh, yeah. Guitar turned out really, really great and he, he's really happy with it. So, and I was really enjoying the work and I enjoyed it when I did as less Paul. So I, I am putting it out there. Going to start taking on some, some limited tech work. If, if it's a little beyond what I want to do or what I have the tools to do, I'm just going to pass it on to one of the other, uh, local luthiers around here. I don't mm-hmm. want to take work away from them, uh, so I'm more than happy to send them stuff that, uh, you know, I'm not willing to take on or shouldn't take on right now. Because or maybe uh, they just don't have the time to do, you know, yeah. the the less, uh, the less major repairs. Yeah, like uh, right now, I don't want to take on a refret or anything like that, yeah. which I just don't have the proper setup right now to do. That would be that would be a stupid thing to take on. But uh, polishing frets or, or you know taking care of fret sprout, basic setups, whatever that kind of thing, change of pickups, or yeah, you know, I can take care of all that for somebody, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, been enjoying that. Cool, that's good, man. Yeah. Anyway, should we fire into it? Hell yeah. We're very subdued today. Yeah. This is this is very unusual. Glenn, you still awake over there? You no, know, I'm 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 raring to go here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. On. Much it's, this time of day suits me a lot more than, than talking to you at bedtime. Well, uh th- then I did it on purpose. It was... <laughs> yeah, no, give me a favor. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, man, uh, I we're this is unusually subdued. Um, congratulations, you've got that once in a bazillion lottery episode where we're not going to be total meatheads, barking monkeys the entire episode. So, um, yeah, I guess you know let's let's start where it started. Give us the origin story. How did you get into this? Um, I started playing guitar when I was a kid because I heard Malcolm Young. Um, it was that the intro to jailbreak, you know, that, that sound. And, um, yeah. So the money I'd saved up for a motorbike got spent on a guitar and that was that really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so, great. More, more to what I'm yeah. trying to get. at. <laughs> How did you get into but making we, pickups and, and, you know, becoming a builder in the guitar industry? But I actually, I actually think that's important because the first sound you fall in love with never leaves you. Yeah. And I think that sound, your head what i'm just not trying what i'm trying to achieve from my pickups but i think as a player that 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 sound is still there there's something about that attacking clank that that i absolutely love 
And that, that never leaves you. You know, the sound you first fall, fall in love with. I believe that would be a Gibson SG then, just to <laughs> get back to that. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Would that be a P90 or the humbucker one? I don't know. I mean, he's played both over the years, but his favorites tend to be the humbucker. I think it was the first ones were humbucker ones. I, I Oh, sorry, you're talking about Angus? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, no, no. He's a, he's a, he's, he's definitely a humbucker man. No, I'm I'm talking about Malcolm. Oh, sorry, you said Malcolm. My my brain just immediately yeah. went. Yeah. <laughs> no, he well, he was all no. he was that he was that Gretsch. He had the. the he was one, Filtertron, yeah. Yeah, it was the Filtertron. The, he took all the other pickups out of the thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that sound Filtertron through a like Marshall Super Lead. Mm. Um. Anyway, so um. Time passed, and I ended up going to college to learn how to make um, and repair guitars, uh, which I did in the mid-90s, I think. Um, and I've been full-time ever since, really. I learned to wind pickups then, um, but then I got more into um, repair, although I had repair pickups, obviously. Um, and people would bring me pickups, you know? So if, if you've, you know, at the time, there were lots of 60s and 70s Fender pickups to rewind. Um, they're all quite highly prized now, but at the time they were just old things. Um, it's amazing how quickly that changed. Um, and then I moved to New Zealand in 2005, opened up a repair shop here. Um, again, winding pickups. 2012, I started making a, designing a range of pickups, uh, which is pretty much what I what I have now. Um, and then I went full time in just into just the pickups, um, just over two years ago. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, I swallowed water. So yeah, so I'm very, <laughs> I'm trying so I'm very, very familiar with, with guitars, you know, not just the, the pickups. It's, um, I've taken a lot of guitars apart. Um, and the, the beauty of being, when you're repairing, you've got access to a lot of professional players. So it's really good to be able to say to people, Hey, can you just try this pickup out? And, and cause I'm, I'm like, for instance, the lower powered Telecaster pickups, that's just not my thing. Um, but I can give it to somebody who, whose thing it is and have them, you know, road test at gigs and recordings and stuff and then tweak until, until we got it right. So I've done a lot of collaborating with, with pro players. Nice. And other pickup makers and stuff as well. You, you got a good community going. Yeah. Yeah. I think community is really, really important for guys like, because we spend all our time in little workshops on our own on the whole. Yeah, oh, I mean, networking is is success, right? The you you got to somehow connect with not just a, a crowd for your what you're offering, but you got to connect with beyond that because uh, you know sooner or later people bought all the pickups they need from you. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, eh? Yeah, but I'm, I'm I mean it more in a sense of sort of well being, really. Yeah. Um, talking to other people who kind of understand what you do all day. Um, I think that's quite important. I mean, I, I got in touch with you guys through Mike from Sonic Pickups. You yes, make yeah. great pickups in California. Um, and I just thought, oh, I, he was doing a live thing on Instagram. I thought, oh, I'll just put him on in the corner of the workshop really? while I'm um, oh, oh. on the phone. Yeah, Casper left his phone on. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I thought. I'd have, anyway, and, and he, he introduced us, so, oh, cool. You know, it's funny. Um, that was actually like, I started, uh, whenever Mike would live stream, I would try and pop on if I could. 
And uh, that led to him coming on our show. That led to uh, him being a part of our parts build series. Yep. Um, it's it's funny just that, you know, you, we're talking about community and how important it is. Mike just sharing his, the most mundane activity he's doing. He'll just put it on Instagram, yep. go live with it. And uh, that built a little community that, uh, well, you know, here we are. It's paying dividends still. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a set of P90s of his waiting to go into my SGs. So I'm just chomping Ooh. at the bit. Really, really excited. Yeah. That poor SG's just hanging there. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, gutted. I, I, I could I could put it together, but I don't have the pick guard yet. So I'm That's just. True. Nah, wait. I'm waiting. Oh, it's got the big, the big pick guard, is it? The, yeah, it's um, the and uh, Richard at Indra Guitars is putting together a, a crazy like, um, astrophysics, engraved piece for me. It's really, really nice. So we're just waiting for that to come from England. Yeah. The, the problem with those pick guards is that the pickup sits parallel to the body, not parallel to the string. Mm-hmm. It's we, oh, no, yeah. It is a thing that SGs do, and well, I mean yeah, the, but, but, the batwing but guards, have, yeah, the batwing guards, yeah. But when you have the angel wing one, you've got the, the the surround, the proper surround, which angles angles the humbucker. Sometimes you can actually fit a surround over the batwing. The angle of Somebody actually slightly. did that to Casper's to this um, SG. Yeah, yeah. It actually really didn't improve the situation. Didn't it do anything actually. Okay. It added four extra holes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm going from humbuckers to P90s. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Honestly, for the for the uh, um, and you you're the picket maker here, Glenn. So go, Glenn. You you can go ahead and just uh, argue with me if you need to, or if you want to correct me here. Um, (laughs) Please do. Please feel free to argue with Al. (laughs) Well, to your heart's content. As a as a as a gentleman who's had many an SG. Um. In fact, I've gone through four this year <laughs> which is a lot um i actually don't notice the difference uh whether the pickups level with the strings or whether it's slightly angled the way a batwing guard does it um by the time you know the the, the height of that pickup the the minute difference in in having that angle quote-unquote proper um i i just don't hear a difference yeah is it is it an aesthetic difference or is it a is it an actual sonic difference for me it's more aesthetic because you look down and you see something wonky yeah (laughs) i know i hear you i have terrible ocd for things like that Uh, see aesthetically it doesn't doesn't bother me at all because that's just the way it's always been with the batwing ones yeah i'm I think I'm I'm like accepting it as the way it's going to be because that's the way they were made so that's okay. <laughs> right? Whereas if it was something that has, you know, if I was doing something that was taking things out of whack and like oh you know it has to be even then I would go about trying to like make it parallel to the to the strings but I just I I'm okay with it being wonky so to speak just yeah, because I- that's the way those all those Batwing guards were. Yeah. I on my my Epiphone that I've had since the nineties. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a big guard on it, does it? It's no, it's a sixty one style yeah, with yeah. a small guard. So it's got pickup rings and it holds it holds them angled and stuff. And uh, honestly, it wasn't it wasn't until other people started pointing it out to me that I even A even noticed <clears throat> that the uh 
the small guards had the pickups angled the way the strings are angled, uh, and the bat wings don't. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was still just one of those things. Where it was just like, eh? <laughs> 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 just, just, just doesn't bother me. Yeah. <clears throat> Correct. Bothers me. <laughs> that's okay. And that's okay. The the only corrective measure I've seen be remotely effective is putting a little piece of foam under one side of the pickup, yeah. underneath the pick card. Um, and mine had that from factory or somebody put a big mess. I don't think it was factory. It was actually probably wasn't. I had to like scrape it all out yeah. with a chisel. Like <laughs> yeah. it was disgusting. I, first off, that would imply Gibson cared yeah. about angling pickups that way, which they don't. <laughs> they, just, don't. they just manufacture. I mean, and that's not a hack. That's just, they're literally manufacturing thousands of those things a month Yeah, with the pickups not angled like that. Um, And B, you you know, with a pickup ring that yours had installed over the pick guard, uh, you had clear evidence that whoever had it was really, really, really bothered by that. Well, and the <laughs> thing really is, is, is they it. didn't actually... D- so upon taking it apart, and I know we're kind of getting a little off track here, but upon taking that guitar apart and pulling the pickup ring off, they actually couldn't have affected this the angle of that pickup at all by the way they did it because they actually cut the spring and mounted it to the bottom side of... Of, yeah, I know the look you're you're making is right. They shortened the spring and put it between the pickup tangs and the back wing guard, anyways. And the the ring was literally just a ring around the pickup. It didn't. Yes, that wouldn't. It wasn't mounting to anything. The pickups weren't mounted to it or nothing. It was like, why? (laughs) Not only did you drill three new holes, four new holes in my guitar. You also wrecked the pickup mounting springs. <laughs> I had to go find different ones if I was going to use those pickups. Yeah. So aesthetically, that would give you an angle of whatever it is, three degrees or what have you, next to the pickup to make it look even worse. Yeah. 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 And really nice reference point to see how badly off it so was. Now, <laughs> yeah, so now you see the top of the pickup and, and the ring, the ring having that three degree swoop, like swoop to yeah. it. And the pickup absolutely not having it. It was just like I don't yeah, understand. It was what very you're trying bizarre. To do. I mean, it was it's a it, it was a good looking guitar. It still it's is still a good looking yeah, guitar. Great looking guitar. But it was just it had like the more the <laughs> the more we delved into it, the more it was like why what yeah <laughs> it, was, oh. it was some strange things. Yeah. It's gonna be much better once the once the new pickups are in yeah. and the, everything's on and I'm looking forward. So to um, it. so what pots what pots did he recommend with his P90s? Five hundreds um, or so I went with 300s, I think. Yeah. Um, Gun okay. Street Wiring built them. Pretty standard for P90s. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And Orange Drops, I think. I think they're Orange Drops in that one. Oh, now there's a, there's a discussion we could have, isn't it? Capacitors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I tell you what, I made, I made this little box, right, which, has, which had a five-way switch on it. You can plug a guitar in one end and then your amp goes out the other end. It's a five-way switch which switches between five different capacitors, huh. and I had I wanted to see if they if I could tell a difference or people could tell a difference between your really cheapy ones and the you know vintage and all anything in between. And I lent this box which was sealed to a few players and asked them which of the five settings they preferred, which one, and they all said different things. Yeah, the only the, you know it, it's yeah. I I that's. That to me just says that it's cool to try out different ones and see what you like, and, and don't be hung up on stuff. I put, I spent a lot of money on a pair of late fifties bumblebee caps 
new old stock in Gibson wrapping. Mm-hmm. And I slapped them in my SG standard and I took out the old caps. I don't remember what they, what they were. Um, there was whatever Gibson was putting in. 2003 SG standards. Yeah. Uh, they weren't orange drops like most of their guitars get now. They were just teeny tiny little ceramic things. And, uh, the only thing I noticed, uh, to my ears was that there was a little less top end on the bumblebees. And they kind of uh, rolled off with a little more, shall we say, uh, th- they muffled a little differently mm. when the tone roll. Mm. The tone roll, yeah. Yeah. And that was it. But that's what they do, isn't it? They just muffle. They, they, they send travel to Earth, and the, the, the value of the capacitor depends on what frequencies they send to Earth. And really, I mean, if you look at most, you know, a quality capacitor will be plus or minus 5% of its value. Yeah. yeah. So you're still looking at, Two caps of that quality could be ten percent out, which is to each other, which, which is a pretty huge spread. Yeah, to be real. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if you're but running, then when you look at older ones, like five hundreds. So if you know if you're running like point two two on a five hundred pot, like that's a that could be a huge difference by the time you get to the other end of the sweep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. when you look at older ones, I've got some old ones here that um, that were out of an old Hofner or Hofner, I should say. Um, they, um, they, um, I, I was corrected once, so I've, I've learned. Um, everybody says, but they, but, I don't know, I've never heard it <laughs> right no, or wrong. I was a bona fide German bloke that it's actually pronounced Hofner. I, I believe you, so, I just, I, I've never yeah. heard anybody say it any other way. Yeah, anyway, me neither, apart from it's only me that does it. <laughs> I'm this bloke. Um, yeah, so the, the, and those, those ones are, are 20%. So plus or minus twenty percent. So it's, that's really no but see, but the precision that's, that's of so manuf- wild to be completely inconsistent. Like, <laughs> but like back in that day, the precision of manufacturing just wasn't there. Not like it is now. Like you can buy you can buy electronic components that are one percent compliant or like one percent variance. I don't. Is that to do with um, manufacturing, or is that to do with after that's manufactured, they they test them and then? Yeah. So the precision of manufacturing, like how they're made. Um, the doping and everything that goes into the parts themselves, like for capacitance and for all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, and like for transistors and things, when you get right into it, um, they're the precision of engineering and how well they're made and, and how meticulously they're manufactured is definitely 100% the reason why you get 20% versus 1%. Mm-hmm. And the technology just wasn't there, you know, back in the, in the forties, fifties, sixties, those, those eras, the, um, quality control couldn't be high because the manufacturing processes weren't precise enough. In any so case. then you look at, so, so the, how, how many components are in a 1950s Fender Deluxe and how far out potentially could, you know, 80 yeah. or whatever components be. So the, the, that's why amps are so different now. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think we're, we're guitarists are a funny bunch and we still really um, worship these these fifties golden era instruments to a to a degree that's a little bit uh, silly. Um, mm. as cool as they are, manufacturing standards are tighter now. I, you know, I've I've played a few fifties Gibsons, 
I, no, I haven't played like a 59 burst or nobody's let me put a, my hands on a half million dollar guitar. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not claiming that, but I've, I've played some juniors and some, you know, some things like that that are now quite expensive, but I've got my paws on them and I've played a few of the lots, lots of people have played fifties acoustics from Gibson. That's not super rare. Um, honestly, they're pumping out more consistent instruments now than yeah. One to the next. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, uh, just quality of manufacturing and tooling and stuff is, is way, way, way up versus the the fifties. And, and, um, I think we, we put a little too much, uh, holy ground on these fifties <laughs> instruments. I mean, I understand but, some of them because of the, you know, the handmade aspect. It was way sure. more, way more human interaction with the process back then. And, and in order to get that now, you're buying, you know, a, a eight or ten thousand dollar custom shop. Yeah, but I, but I think like just because it's a fifties Gibson doesn't mean it's necessarily good. deserves, or that it's necessarily it's good. good. Yeah, that's what I'm some, like, some of those things it should play still like be a case dog. by case. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think anyway. the thing the thing with handmade is is you have to really think about hands that are making it. I mean, human. If, if there's a lot of humans involved in making something, well, humans can be utterly brilliant and also rather disappointing. You know, and or everything in between, so it just it, it really depends. Yeah. You know, oh, I've played, I've played heaps of old guitars as well, and yeah, some of them. I mean, my, my first thought when somebody you know hands me a whatever fifties, sixties Gibson or Fender, my first thought is, I wonder if it's any good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, because so often they're just not. Um, and and it's funny this thing that people are chasing. You know, like PAF. Well, we're chasing this PAF sound sort of thing. Mm. Well, which one? Which one are you after? Yeah, there, exactly. Mate? The most wildly inconsistent wound pickups of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's just let's just put some wire in a bob until it looks right, and then we'll chuck it in a cover and sweet ass. We're all yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, and and they are fantastic. I mean, it's the design is just brilliant, perfect. You know, the execution wasn't was variable. Um, still good, mind. They're still all good, but then and that's why people like, you know, myself and every pickup manufacturer makes a PAF, and they're all slightly different, is because you know which one are you, which one are you chasing there? But I also think that's the fun of getting into it. Is um, you know, I've I've got a pair of PAF style pickups from uh, our friend over at Colmax Pickups for for a, a build series guitar we did. And uh, they're I, I love it. They're, they're sound, it's fantastic. Great, yeah. Um, but I've also heard PAF style pickups from from other makers, and they sound different, but they also sound pretty cool. Uh, and, Demarzios uh, and yeah. Maiari are, yeah. are PAFs. And uh, you know, Glenn, I got to be honest, uh, I've been oogling your site since <laughs> we started talking <laughs> over on Mike's live stream, and uh, I would definitely love to try a set of your pickups as well, because everybody has a different take on it. Everybody's got a different approach. And you have different things that you loved about the PAF style that you were trying to embody in your pickups. And that's what, that's what makes it fun. You know, there's just as much fun in my mind <laughs> collecting pickups and swapping them in and out as there is collecting guitars. And so with, with, with the PAF, I offer that in, you can have it 5% underwound, 5% overwound, or 10% overwound to allow for the, the, that difference in taste. <clears throat> And See, I, I, I kind of had a look at, 
Well, you'd be like, yeah. Um, I, I, had a, I won't say no. <laughs> I mean, when I when I was thinking of that, I, I was I was like in two minds whether well that I could have four different models of vintage style humbuckers here, but then it's like, oh God's sake, do we do we need to do that? Like Seymour Duncan have got twelve hundred pickups in their range. It's how do anybody anybody how do you, choose? How would you choose? I I know, and I then and then you choose, and no one's Seymour got it. Duncan for that. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought I'm not. I'm certain, I'm going to be the opposite of that. So the my PAF is called an integrity, and you can have it tweaked either side. It's still a really good pickup, you know. I'm not going to, and I, and I offer that with a couple of pickups, but not with all of them. So some of them are quite happy and are still a good pickup, and some of them are not. Some of them are not as good when you try and put a bit more or less on them. Mm, so um, just just to pick on Gibson again. So they've they've recently started doing some stuff <laughs> where they have custom buckers and things like that that they're that are exclusive to custom shop guitars. They won't sell them as aftermarket things. And uh, these things, if you can find them on the the secondhand market, they go for absurd money. And I can't help but laugh because it's just like, listen, how how many different ways can we wind? You know, six slugs with some copper wire, and then what you know. Put them together with <laughs> another I, coil and, and cannot, put them under a chrome cover and wax pot them. And I can I cannot say that that Gibson is doing that better than any of the custom pickup builders we know. No, but for a but that's just that, that Seymour Duncan thing of like there's 1,200 pickups that they make and Gibson has all these things and it's like, well these fancy dancy <laughs> are better than. The 57 pluses that we used to call our fancy dancy things. And those are better than the 498s, which used to be our fancy dancy. But that was two decades ago. Those aren't fancy dancy anymore. And it's, I don't know why I'm saying fancy dancy. I've never said that before in my life. But anyway, it's just a a bit of a funny thing. And so (laughs) it's a breath of fresh air, Glenn, to hear you just be like, I make these humbuckers. You can have them 5% underwound or overwound by 5% or even 10%. They're still the same model. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's still got the same character. You're just getting a bit, yeah, the slight variance in, in the, in the, in the tone of it. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, you're saying about the windings. Yeah. Yes. The windings vary only a certain amount of that. That's such a small part of the, of the whole formula of a pickup. You know, it's not, it's not about how many, it makes a difference of course, but it's not just how many turns you put around some some are other. Right what size now, is that? As you're saying this, there's a nerd going, and scatter well. <laughs> well well there's that. There's the tension that, that you apply. There's the there's the yeah, there's the scatter wine thing, which is definitely a thing. Um, you know, if you traverse back and forth too slowly and put every winding really neat and tight next to the one before it, you end up with a really muffled sounding pickup. Um due to leakage capacitance, which is a lovely phrase. Mm. Um, so the capacitance that running a bit of wire with a current going through, it's going to produce some capacitance around it and that interferes with the wine next to it. So you kind of need to keep them a little bit further apart. So they don't, obviously it's a very small difference, but when you're multiplying that by 10,000, yeah. for how many turns roughly then, then it gets to be significant. Um, and it really is significant. Um, but there's stuff like with, a like a strat's a good example because a strat pickup's a very simple thing. You know, you've got magnets inside a coil. That makes a difference. If the, if the magnet's inside the coil or you've got steel in the coil and the magnet outside, like with a humbucker mm. or a P90, 
Um, but with a strap, we've got the magnet in the coil. That's going to stand different to the magnets in there. Then is how high those bobbins are, the, um, the, 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 the flat work. So the top and bottom plate, how far apart they are from each other. That makes a big, big difference. If you, if you put the same amount of windings on, but have the top and bottom plate closer together, the more of those windings are further from the magnet. So it's amazing. Jazz Master's extreme version of that. So they're further away from the magnetic field. So you get less of that initial attack on the note because they, they're just not feeling it as much on the, on the outskirts there. So then there's a coil geometry, uh, the, um, sorry, that's coil geometry, but then there's the, the, the magnet geometry. Um, and again, like a P90 is a great example, having two bar magnets underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, where if you look at the coil, it's pretty much the same as, as a Jazzmaster. But the Jazzmaster's got a magnet inside and there's small magnets, and he's got two big ones underneath. The, the geometry of that magnetic field is completely different. Um, so they sound completely different. So there's all those factors, you know, and then, yeah, so you're not just going, so you look at, you know, you look at the K-ohms of something and go, well, yeah, something tells me something. Not very much, though. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the K-ohms, it's like I'm driving along in my car and I'm doing 2,000 RPM. How fast am I going? Yeah. Well, you don't know because you, you, know you need to know what gear you're in. Yeah. Did you see what I mean? So you need to know what gauge of wire you're using. So, yeah, I, I, anytime somebody says the, the pickup sounds good because it's a certain amount of K ohms, just like that, just tells me output. That's, it just says it's working. <laughs> it tells, like, says it's working, assuming the magnet's fine. It's, you're getting signal, and other, I, what is that? <laughs> that doesn't tell me anything about like how soft or hard the attack is, the, the, the EQ curve of the treble, or like what that doesn't mean anything. And then the other thing that we can't measure is the feel of it. Because, and it's like a valve amp compared with, uh, you know, a solid state amp. It feels different when you, when you hit the string, you can feel a different, something different. And, and pickups, especially single coil pickups, um, do that. They feel quite different. If you play a Fender noiseless and then you play um, a good um, single coil pickup, um, you you can just feel that dynamic and you can't really get that across in demos or you just got to try them out. That's been the biggest struggle I think for me because I am so new to the like electric space, mm-hmm. you know, I'm playing acoustic mostly for the last, you know, up until like two or two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, and having put, you know, the DeMarzio's in one guitar and the, it's in another guitar and then, you know, factory Fender pickups and this and that and everything else. And there's just, it's like trying to, it's like trying to learn 72 different languages, you know, there's just so a well, lot. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, if, if you're buying pickups from someone like Glenn, someone who has uh a reputation for quality mm-hmm. and, and they're not, you know, somebody, <laughs> somebody you can trust. You, you can, you can see the, the proof is in the pudding. You got players mm-hmm. out there who are giving rave reviews and, and that kind of thing. You, you may be, you maybe can't predict what you're going to get exactly buying a set of pickups and putting them in a guitar. Yeah. Cause things are going to vary. You don't really know what it's going to sound like in a guitar. Well, it's kind of so subjective too, because yeah. you can like a set of pickups that I don't like and 
but, vice versa. But you do know that, say, if you're, I don't know, let's, let's use Squire. Let's yeah. say you buy a, a nice classic vibe Squire. Telecaster. There you go. Off the rack at your local music shop. You bring it home. Pickups are kind of, eh, they're there. They make let's sound. Let's go get something from, from Glenn or let's go get something from somebody, you know. You, maybe you don't know exactly what it's going to be like, but you know that it's going to be an improvement and you know you're probably going to like the improvement. What and that's, you got. that's basically what I did with my telly. Yeah. I have no idea getting into the, the I guess the, the T204s or TC204s from Peg City. I had no idea. But I trusted Chris. And, you know, like I trust Mike to have built a great set of P90s for my SG. I have no idea what they sound like. Yeah. But you know they're going to be But I know they're going to be interesting. Yeah. And, you know, you're not going to hate it. Yeah. And I think that's why going to, say, your said music shop and, and picking up a set of, you know, Seymour Duncans or DeMarzios or something off the shelf that, you know, a thousand other players have bought and they're all made to be the same from pickup to pickup to pickup. And it's not a a custom thing anymore. It's very production line. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anybody hand winding DeMarzio pickups anymore. I have no idea. So I'm just going off the top of my assumption that I doubt it. They, they just put out too much to be able to yeah, keep up I, to that. I, my suspicion would be that, uh, you know, companies like, uh, brands like Duncan or DeMarzio, which mm. are the, the big dogs, the big ones. Um, no, Gibson or, you know, people that make their own pickups like that Fender. Uh, it's it's winding machines that are winding a dozen sets at once. Yeah, 100%. So, something like that. I I, 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 like I would it. think. I, you, know, you would probably know better than we would, Glenn. You, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, you see something like a Fender Noiseless, and, and you can pretty much tell that there haven't been humans involved in that because they're so, it's so fiddly in there. Um, I keep mentioning noiselesses. I don't know why. I can't stand yeah. things. But... <laughs> you don't like them. Oh, they're just. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a stacked humbucker. You know, so yeah. it's it's not never going to have the spank of a of a of a, of a single coil. And it all it seems to me a bit odd that you would advertise something as it doesn't make any noise, rather than <laughs> hey, it sounds really good. And by the way. It's home canceling. See, I, you know? I, I actually like the vintage noiseless, uh, vintage noiseless, excuse me, uh, Fender pickups. I, um, I don't like the uh, more recent ones, the N3s or S3s or whatever the heck they're called. But uh, the ones they put in like the deluxe series back in the like the ni- late nineties, early two thousands, I thought I like, I liked those. Really, you like those? Hey, we can have that argument now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing my microphone away? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying they're the greatest pickups in the world. I just, uh, I, at the time, playing, uh, and it, it, really what it comes down to is I like humbuckers. And I know that because I still, to this day, anytime I play a standard Fender and I switch to the bridge position, I I, I would rather slap a testicle into a blunder. I just <laughs> don't like that high-pitched stabbing sound. <laughs> wow. So That's a, you feel strongly about that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, every Fender I've ever had has had its bridge pickup promptly replaced, uh, with mm. the exception of my Jazzmaster, which Doesn't still has have a metal pickup, a Jazzmaster pickup in it. So very different beast, though, isn't it, Jazzmaster? Completely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And are those actually yeah. jazz masters? Yeah, they are, eh? Those McNeilys. Yeah, they're skate. They're skate deck top, but they're uh, they're just a jazz master pickup made by McNeely. There's nothing else to it, as far as I know. Yeah, I do. I do a Tele bridge pickup, but pretty much designed to keep people's testicles out of blenders. <laughs> uh, um, you are doing a great service to the world, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Nobody yeah, should be so driven to that kind of insanity. <laughs> yeah, so just a lot fuller. I mean, you can't, I don't, I don't want to lose the clarity that, and, and the character of a Telecaster bridge, because I think that is one of the most beautiful sounds there is, is that, that slightly metallic-y sound. But, but I do one with it, with it, it's got a bit more oomph in it, so it's got more bottoms, so it's not, it doesn't just go ping. Because um, that's the problem with it, isn't it? Like the bridge yeah. pickup. Yeah. Strings hard. The string is barely deflecting down by the bridge there. I, so I it's do. Not generate a lot. I do like a Tele stock bridge pickup a lot more than like a strat uh stock yeah. bridge pickup um to me a strats bridge pickup is is one of the worst sounds in the world uh, it's just too much yeah. and I'm, I'm probably gonna take some flack for that I, <laughs> every once in a while i say something on this show that i get some flack for and that'll that'll probably be one of those things but that being said uh as far as i'm concerned uh a Fender Strat or Tele neck pickup is one of the most pure, perfect sounds in the entire world. Mm. It's glorious. Mm. I, lo- I like the Strat middle pickup. Oh, Glenn, I wanted to be friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a Strat player, mine, but I, but no, I, I like I like I like a bit of a, a bit of a quack at the middle. Pickup <laughs> I there. just I hate middle pickups. I don't know why. I. <laughs> Every this, I finally had to face like, because I used to, I used to ha- harass Casper a little bit because he was like, I don't like strats, and I was like, Oh, you're just not, you don't play any good ones. And really, really, it came down at the end of it, it was like, I'm fine with a strat shape. I'm fine with a strat, the way I they like feel and the way I hold them. What I'm not fine with is the actual strat part, which is the three pickups. <laughs> I, I just. I don't know what that middle pickup is there for other than to smash my fingers when I strum and uh, get in the way when I'm trying to switch between the bridge and neck pickups. <laughs> I'm, I'm a troglodyte is what I'm, I'm really just revealing here. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting. When I was repairing guitars, I'd get people coming in saying that the volume control on strap was in the wrong place. Yeah. And can we get rid of yeah. and have the, the middle knob as the volume instead? I did that too. And for me, for me that is in, the volume on the strap is in the perfect place. Oh my gosh! And, and I wish we'll let this guy on the show. I, I wish guitars like, you know, like Gibsons and something would actually get the the volume controls a bit where you could use them all the time. Because when when I play when I when I play live, as soon as the singer opens his mouth, I back off. Well, yeah, there's so, your first mistake. How dare you? I'm supposed to. <laughs> probably about his ego more than mine. Isn't that a weird thought. First off. The Gibson SG has perfected the art of where to place guitar controls. I'll broke no argument on this, Brooke. They're, it's perfect. <laughs> Second off, the strats, man, you can't, str- I don't know how people play those things. I strum, I roll the volume off with my pinky accidentally with every strum on a strat. I've had, I have to pull that knob off. I, I turn it into a one volume, one tone every single time. We, we go back to the troglodyte 
comment. <laughs> it's like you're like an orangutan. Why are you defending this? You I, don't like strats. I don't either. like strats, but I know. <laughs> I also know how you play guitar. <laughs> I don't really like strats either, man. I just think the volume's in the right place. Oh, I, man, I right up in the way. I like, have never <laughs> found a strat that I like to play. And I've and what about I, I played like a, a late '80s American Strat. It was actually rightly so should have been a really nice guitar, and uh, it just wasn't for me. I, I still think a '70s Strat is a is yeah. a pretty awesome instrument, but really, wow, yeah, because I find the '70s ones really, really uncomfortable. Ooh, right. um, like an, L, an, L, an old L series, brilliant. That would that would be fine, um, and the modern ones are fine. But yeah, I find I find them a little bit. There was something uncomfortable about them in the seventies. <laughs> that's funny how different. It's really interesting, actually, <laughs> Glenn. I thought we were going to be good friends, buddy. I'm <laughs> uh, quite glad it's a Pacific Ocean in between. It's <laughs> all <laughs> show up on your door three days from now. Listen, pal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're that good a swimmer. Taking longer than three days. I have a very floaty <laughs> physique. I don't need to be a good swimmer. Just catch that southeasterly, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, I'm That's very funny. buoyant. Yeah. Also, there's these things called airplanes now. Oh, right. That thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, strats, we're divided. Hmm. Yeah, although, I mean, Telecaster. Okay, but you know what the overall consensus here is, though, and I think we can all kind of come together on the, like, the overall footing, that none of us really like them. We just, there are things about them that, (laughs) that are okay. And I can, I can, with confidence, say that I don't like much about them at all, so. Well, now, see, now I'm just envisioning Glenn out there putting volume knobs and innocent guitars where they don't belong. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I think with strats, I think other people sound great on them. Yeah. But that's not, <laughs> that's the fact. It's, totally it's, a, it. it's an absolute fact. Yeah. I, I couldn't make a strat sound good if I tried. Boy, that John Mayer is great, isn't he? Oh. <laughs> Sounds so, okay, so like set aside John Mayer, like Clapton and Hendrix, and these guys now, could, could shred. I'm going to. I'll give you Hendrix. Strat. Clapton. No, as soon as he t- he switched off humbuckers, Clapton became garbage. In my oh, so as, as soon as he touched an acoustic or touched a strat, everything he played out was garbage. Oh my god! There's a distinct <laughs> era where Clapton's playing has all the sex appeal in the universe to it, and then none. It's so is it like Cream or cream? the Yardbirds? Oh. Well, that's that's when he's all Les Paul, man. Les Paul and I'm just I'm just saying so like Cream and the Yardbirds that's that's yeah, the you give Clapton you a Gibson and a Marshall and then just let him go ham, yeah. Wow. As soon as he became Dad Rock, then he no, I just can't. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Yeah, he certainly lost an age, didn't he? But yeah, yeah. I disagree. No, but I wouldn't blame. I I dis I disagree that. It's just a different kind of music, and and that's it. Yeah, uh, uh, dude, you used to play reggae. Yeah, and now you play folk songs. Yeah, someone could say the same thing that some reggae fan could be like, "Oh yeah, I know that that Peterson." <laughs> well, as soon as he picked up an acoustic guitar, everything that came out of it was crap. They could say it, but I'll say this much: reggae pulls, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I won't say I had all the swagger I had in my rock and roll youth days playing the reggae, but I will say a lot more, a lot more ladies came up to dance with the reggae <laughs> than when we were playing hardcore and thrash around like punk rockers. Well, I was worried about injury at that point. <laughs> yeah. Then. Anyways, That's I'm going to get some more hate comments about my Clapton opinions. Yeah, too, yeah. totally. And I think you kind of deserve it a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Okay, well then, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan then, if we don't go want to go Clapton. <laughs> the point is there's lots of great Strat players that sound great playing them. Yeah, I yeah. get it. I, and I don't disagree. Okay. I just I just disagree. I've got one you might, not, got one you might not know. Um, check out Black Strat Blues, one word, on Spotify, what have you. Most fantastic strat player. All right, excellent. Doesn't necessarily sound like a strat either, but yeah, I know he played strat. Okay, I'm gonna look at it. Yeah, making a note right now. Hopefully, we'll find we'll find you know find one that we can agree with. That being said, uh, I still would slap a baby for an Ed O'Brien Stratocaster. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's one of the coolest signature models ever made. I don't know that one. It's, uh, it's got a Sustaniac in it, and it's it's a very, like... What is that again? It's the it's like an Ebo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, Jeff Schroeder messes around with those a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a very, like, ambient, noise-making rock guitar. It's... Okay. It's designed to do a lot of... It's very non-strat in its stratness. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's got the three pickups and it's got the knobs all where they they would be and stuff. And it's it looks very stratty, but. You know, and I even, I even had an HSS strat once that I swapped the pickguard and put three and put three single calls in it. I don't even know why. I hated those guitars. Like, I hate that sound. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you did that. Either. I don't yeah, remember that. Uh, resale value, I think, just to be able to sell it. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, yeah. I sell I sell quite a few strap pickups, the the hotter one. And I think I think people must I think people might be looking for something a little more a little bit less blinky blonky out of this strap um, than the vintage style. Same with the telly. Actually, there's the hotter ones I sell more of. Yeah, uh, see, tellys have always gotten along pretty well with other than too much trouble out of the bridge pickups. But I I can do a telly standard. Yeah, just fine. I can tolerate that bridge pickup. I can just, I just, I don't know what it is about. As long as you, I just, um, I, I like to turn the um, the control plate around on the as well, get the switch a bit further away, mm. and have that volume, have it the, the volume control instead of down on the. I I like I like the control plate the right way around, but I oh I forget the name of it. Somebody make, somebody out there makes a control plate for tellies where the three way switch is tilted. Mm. So you get a little bit of an angle on that three-way switch. So when you have it all the way in bridge position, it's actually off to the side of the knob instead of right against it. Right in line with it, yeah. And That'd uh, be good. that was one of the most, like, genius, <laughs> tiny little modifications, in my opinion, because it just, that's that's the that's the biggest complaint I personally have about tellies, is the three-way switch is great until you put it in the bridge position, and then you can't get your pinky in there to... <laughs> Yeah, change it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, but I mean, I I just I just turn the plate around and swap the volume tone, um, and I find that gives me loads of space around the volume control. 
and tellies are just are just fantastic things. Yeah, yeah. Leo, Leo got it right with the telly, man. I, I. Oh yeah. There's just nothing to complain about with that one. Strats, I mean, uh, we can we can debate a few features on those. <laughs> that well, being I, said, I did hear. I did hear an argument once that, that the Strat is just a transition guitar between the Tele and the Jazzmaster. <laughs> That's a good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. Strat, <laughs> the Strat had to crawl so the Jazzmaster could walk. No, no, no. The Tele had to crawl so the Strat, Strat could walk so the Jazzmaster could fly or run. Either way, Jazzmasters are better. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I got sitting down with this Jaguar that I was. Uh, Teching, I, yeah. I haven't spent a lot of time playing Jags. Um, I did in a band when I was real, real young, like in my teen years, but I had no clue what the f- features really were, like yeah. the switches or the shorter scale and stuff. I got to say, not as not as hateful of the shorter scale that as I thought it would be. Because the Mustang is a shorter scale too, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are. It's I think it's a 24-inch scale as well. I, Same I, with the Jaguar. I love that thing. Um, but what I did get annoyed as all hell by was the the control layout of the Jaguar, that pickup on off thing. Oh, that drives me nuts. I never even held one. I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, it basically feels like a, like a jazz. pretty close to a jazz master, but instead of a pickup selector switch and then the rhythm circuit, you still have that rhythm circuit, but you have, is it better? No, same, same uh-huh. circuit. Um, but you have individual pickup on offs and a master on off. So there's no, it's it's really odd, and there's those little tiny sliders. slider switches. Oh, weird. So it's a little bit like I don't know how Johnny Marr does it, man. It, it's 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 a strange thing. I don't know. Well, you're like a, you're like an SG guy. You have like a three way switch. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Yeah, you, big switch. I can like you know. I feel like Doctor Frankenstein with my switches. Like, you know, fuck. Just <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the little forest of switches is not your not your no, bag. No, it's not my thing. But. Hey, I've got a theory, right, about um, single-coil players versus humbucker players, yeah? Yeah. Is that, is that single-coil players are percussive and humbucker players are more melodic. Hmm. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I'm just trying to, like, catalog through my mind of players I know that play each, and it's... No, you you, you yourself, because Al, you were saying, you know, you, you, you're a humbucker player, really, aren't you? Um, I love both. I have both. These days I have way more single coils and humbuckers. I just, oh, okay. uh, I started off in, uh, like in my youth, I was, a, I was a punk rocker. I played a lot of hardcore, hard rock. And I did that up until, up until my early thirties when I uh, started the reggae outfit. And that was when I switched to primarily playing acoustic and, and single coils. Um, so there's certain single coils that I just can't stand when they're really, really sharp in, in bridge positions. Um, I do t- I do tend to favor humbuckers there. Or P90s mm. and or mm. jazz, Jazzmaster pickups. Like I've really, those have really turned me on the last few years. And I'm just looking over the wall here and I, normally I would say, yeah, I'm a humbucker player, but there's only one, maybe two humbucker guitars even hanging on this eight guitar rack. Yeah, you're busy converting everything to single coils. It's weird. <laughs> I don't even know why. <laughs> like, I don't even know why. I ordered my more with single coils or with our P90s and then putting P90s in my SG. I have my Aria with Scott, the DiMarzio humbuckers and everything else. 
Except well, the pan might be a the, humbuckers. The pan hollow bodies, that's that's some kind of a humbucker. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. On that on those pickups at all. They're weird shape and weird dimensions and everything, so. Yeah. I I I think I would probably fall into your humbucker category to to get back to your point there, Glenn. Mm. Or your theory. And I think, I think you're in my case I I probably am guilty as charged. And it's when I'm playing acoustically, I am I think I'm more of a rhythm player, but I also play like a bit of fingerstyle, so there's a little bit of like melodic ness to that. Good job. Thank you. Um to even even playing rhythm fingerstyle. You're all melody, man. What? You think Whether so? Fingerstyle or strum, yeah, you're melody. You're very much. Oh. Yeah, I would have said I'm like more hmm. I wouldn't say you're Picasso. No, I guess not, but I'm more I don't know. Open chords and less melody than than there is I don't know. I don't know how to well, I guess there's our melody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm splitting hairs down like a melodic player would be like a single note melodies and things like that. That's where my brain goes. And I'm trying to be more of that. Like I'm trying to learn more about how oh, to well, I think those are both melodies, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how you'd ever uh prove your theory there, Glenn. That's a that's a, t- that's <laughs> no, a tough question. No, no, no. No, it's just um, uh, I just it's just sort of something that I, I sort of observe. Um, but I could be completely wrong. Quite happy to be wrong. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like a like player styles that I'm aware of. Single coil players. I mean, to bring up to bring reggae back into the conversation here, which is in a very rhythm based mm. genre, mm. very percussive um, they type. Do of... tend to favor single coil guitars almost exclusively. And I think that's probably because single coil single single coils are a little bit more immediately responsive to um to that style, whereas a humbucker you might find to be less responsive, you might get a little bit more muddy kind of attack out of a humbucker pickup where you really want that sharp cut of a of a percussive. I think it has to do with like reggae a, a lot of what guitar players are doing is essentially just playing a chick. <laughs> yeah. And uh, palm muting that, you can still get that sound to come through really nicely with single coils because it's brighter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that is, that is also one of the best things about playing in a, in a reggae outfit. Mm. There's a lot of my gigs were with the, the steadies, uh, with Earl Pereira and stuff. Mm-hmm. And anytime I would work with them, I never practiced once with that band. No. That was always just, uh, hey, come out and play, uh, play guitar if we're doing a show. Three hours, let's do it. I never got any rehearsal time, so it was always just thrown into the deep end. Um, I could always just play no notes and just make the guitar go and sound like I was playing everything right. Because the bass is carrying the melody, and, mm-hmm. and as long as that, that reggae skank is there. And, <laughs> and okay. as long as Earl's levitating at least you know 18 inches off the stage yeah, at all times. <laughs> yeah. It's actually the craziest thing I've ever seen. I would be completely winded and totally out of breath. And that guy just goes. Yeah, man. Yeah. He's like an athlete. He's uh, he's a tiny Filipino gymnast who plays bass. I don't know. Actually, and he's not even that tiny. He's he's he's, he's a he's a kind of a medium guy. He's an average sized guy. Yeah. 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 I don't know how he does it either, man. 
lot of a uh, lot of endurance training, jogging or something. Who knows? Just reps, probably. Just lots of reps. Just lots of reps. Yeah. Nothing. Just does it all the time. He doesn't have a leg day. Yeah. Just all <laughs> biceps. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're we're so up the yeah bananas creek here. Let's get back to talking about Glenn and maybe the pickups he makes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> No, no, let's just, let's talk about stage fitness. <laughs> Every guitar player's favorite topic. How, how, how high can you jump wearing a Les Paul? <laughs> about three inches. I, 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 wanted, I just actually watched a video of a guy trying to jump in this, like, kinetic sand yesterday. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, trying to, like, jump up off of his knees onto his feet and could not exert enough energy to get even a half an inch off the off the sand. It's crazy. I really need to watch. Anyways, okay. besides the point. <laughs> Thanks for getting us back on topic, yeah. Casper. Totally. You're welcome. <laughs> what, what sort of sand was that? Ah, uh, shoot. I can't remember the name of it. It's got like some weird oh. off the wall kinetic st- sand. It's like a, it's like a, it's like it's they call it kinetic sand or it's a type of kinetic sand, but it's got a weird name. But it's basically the stuff kind of turns to, it absorbs all your energy. Like any energy, if you like punch it, it can go completely from a liquid to a solid, like instantaneously. You can punch this stuff as hard as you want and you will not right. penetrate it. And then if you push your finger into it, it just disappears and likes it like water. The slow blade penetrates the shield. <laughs> Dune is real. Beautiful. That's Dune good. reference. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was really interesting to to watch this guy, and and it was just l- literally him trying to jump from his knees to his feet and couldn't. Uh, yeah. Somewhere out there, I made a nerd very happy just now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting right here, Al. <laughs> <laughs> it made me very happy too. I, yeah, um, I recently rewatched not just the new Dune. Uh, I actually nineteenth time. I actually bought the new one. Yeah, me too. I, I bought it as soon as it was available. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I've rewatched the old school David Lynch Dune a couple times recently. Boy, what a beautiful train wreck! Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen it. Not all the way through. It's I that that was one of those movies that would come on on like Sundays or Saturdays when uh, TV stations were just they were out of original programming, so they'd just be like, "Ah, just put on an old sci-fi and they'll shut up." And so that that was how I first watched all the old Star Trek movies and Dune and a bunch of other stuff. Great. Anyways, good good job, Al, keeping us on topic. Good to say. Uh, <laughs> so you've been full time with the pickups since would you say it was two years now? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was sort of working towards that anyway. But basically, what what that meant was I stopped repairing guitars. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I've just been working on this, on on, on pickups. And, you know, in slowly increasing the range a little bit. Um, there's so much testing with each model, though. I don't um, I don't just go, oh, yeah, I'll stick a few more turns on and it'll be good. So, um, yeah, there's quite a bit of work um, in that. And there's a few other things, you know, in the, in the pipeline. Um, but, yeah. What's so, uh, Do you have a model that, like, what what would you say is your most popular model? Your flagship, yeah. You to put one on. The the, the one the, my biggest seller is the Cruel Mistress uh, Tele set. That's a great. Name. Yeah, that's a rad name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and maybe maybe it's just the name. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's um yeah. So that's a that's a hotter Tele set. Um, and I've got a really nice demo from Brett Kingman in in Melbourne on that one, and that that's that, that makes a difference having somebody good 
doing a demo for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to get someone just on the name alone. I got a telly that needs some uh, improvement. Yeah. Cool. Oh, have you now? Yeah, I have this telly. It's <laughs> many years ago. It started life as a Mexican standard telly. It's not that now. Yeah. Um, and now it's, uh, I call it a time machine telly. It looks, it's very steampunk and it's got copper pipes and, uh, it, at one point it's had a delay pedal inside of it and that's no longer, and it still has a kill switch, but it's, it's very, it looks like a time machine from Jules Verne or the early Victorian era. It's, it's, it's quite the beast, but <laughs> it was a gigging guitar in one of those hardcore bands for a long time. It's pretty beat up. And, uh, I recently, uh, dusted it off. Haven't played it in a couple of years. And it's kind of, it's getting the restoration process right now. And, uh, oh, okay. it's still got the stock pickups in it. And, really? uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, I never would have expected that actually. Well, it had, it had one of those, uh, sacrilegious fender noiseless <laughs> pickups in the bridge for a while. <laughs> um, that's no longer in the bridge position. Um, but it needs, uh, it needs some restoring. And yeah. so I'm going to be replacing all the, the, uh, the wiring in it and the pickups in it. And, uh, maybe I need to send you some of those. Bring it. Well, I won't say no, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you don't have to, but I do love the name cruel mistress for a pickup set. That is one of the coolest names I've heard. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So I do too. I do this kind of more low power, normal Kelly pickup called, they're, they're called the silver lady. And then they, these ones are the cruel mistress. And there's going to be one in between. Um, going to be one in between as well, which is demure housewife. The or like... <laughs> yeah. It's, it, that's the problem. The agreeable the spouse. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and so far I get with that. You, um, you can tell Al's wife doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. <laughs> she, yeah, uh, so that's, 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 yeah. Definitely the, the, the biggest seller is that is that 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 and then the Tui um Tui strap pickup. Wow, so. see I would have bet my money it would have been like a the PAF or something like that. Like that's No. The Black Sand, Humbucker size P ninety, um, yep, yeah, they're 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 pretty good. Black Sand, um, man, you got a great it's a good name too. Yeah. Well that's because our our be- I live I live by the beach, you know, we've got a I was going to say, does that have something to do with like a volcanic beach? Yeah, yeah, it's all black sand at the beach here. It's like a thirty-five miles of beach with just a beach and a forest um, where I live, and um, yeah, so it's it's named after that. Okay. Uh, so to your, yeah. your fellow then, countrymen, it's just it's a very like oh yeah okay that's, uh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. To us over here in Canada, we're like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's not named the Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> the hungry moose. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that kind of cool there, stuff. Here. I'm surprised. Here's a challenge out there for a Canadian pickup maker, not McNelly. They've already proven they're not going to live up to this. <laughs> <laughs> they make great pickups. That's not. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but somebody out there, you know, we're sitting on a plethora of animal names, right? Canadian pickup makers. The, we need it. We need it. The stomping moose. The angered goose. The feral goose. The, yeah, the feral goose. Like, we just, yeah. we got these things, man. Somebody's, you know. Or you could do it, Glenn. Whatever. 
<laughs> well, we've got my, my strap pickups called the Bellbird and the Tui, which are both um, New Zealand sort of bush, bush songbirds. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> the, tu, the Tui, the Tui, we see loads of them around here, and they, they've got the most amazing, um, amazing song, and they, they, they mimic things as well. So I used to have one. So next to my workshop, I work, I work from home. Next to it is where the laundry is, and there was a Tui that lived just out there that would mimic the sound of the washing machine when it was overloaded. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be, you'd be working away, and you'd, you'd hear beep, 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 beep. And so you'd go and look at the wait a minute, I haven't put a wash on. <laughs> and there's a bird sitting out, just sitting outside looking at you, giggling. <laughs> uh, that's great. I've seen, I've, I've, I've seen parrots imitating some pretty funny stuff. I know uh, a friend in GPs had a parrot that her, she inherited from her mom when her mom passed away. And this stupid parrot at one point, it's not a stupid parrot, it's actually quite a smart bird. Uh, but at one point it started imitating car alarms. <laughs> like, oh no. I guess they had a neighbor whose car alarm was just way too sensitive. And uh, so when the parrot gets bored, wants attention, it starts screeching like the car alarm that it used oh, to hear all the time. That's the worst. Yeah. Can you imagine that just in your living room, just randomly while you're yeah. watching the X-Files or something? Just, <laughs> nope. <laughs> there was a, a crow in my neighborhood when I was a little kid that could cry like a baby. That's oh, nightmare fuel. Yeah, totally. What? Yeah, it would cry. Are you and kidding you'd be me? Like, looking around like, where is this? I would have been out there with a pellet gun and in tears like, I'm sorry, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't live. Yeah. Wow. I... What the heck, man? Just why do you, why did you pass that nightmare on to us? Now you're welcome. How are we supposed to carry on with this jovial podcast? We're all sitting here Listen, thinking of like you have the memory of a goldfish. It'll last. <laughs> wait ten seconds. Trauma we'll lasts have, forever, <laughs> Casper. We'll <have> something else. <laughs> Just focus on the washing machine saying. That's. It. <laughs> oh, gosh. How does this happen? I don't know. It's not even just me anymore. It's 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 everybody. I think your like your scatteredness <laughs> kind of rubs off. I, I'm not just yeah. I'm not just afflicted. I'm a carrier. Yeah, yeah. The, the typhoid Mary. I'm the the typhoid Mary of idiocy. Sure, I'll That's give you that. <laughs> <laughs> You're ground zero. There That's where go. you are. Where yeah. it begins. I've of all idiots. It. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, what's your favorite set of pickups, then, Glenn? How's that for a smooth transition? Oh, wow! It's like saying, "What's my favorite screwdriver?" Or what's your favorite uh, child? That's that's a good the one. one. That yeah, it's a, it's it's the pickup that fits the job. I mean, when I was when I was playing yesterday, um, I was I was playing the Sassy P nineties. Um, but it's funny because I, I I gig in the a rock Sassy P nineties. Yeah, which are my that's my P90s. Yeah, I want your yeah. catalog, man. Just yeah. <laughs> one of everything. Well, that's actually um, we were inspired by by a Canadian on that one. We were we were trying yes. to figure out. We, me and my partner were driving the road trying to figure out what we were going to call the P90s, and I was describing to her what they were like. We we went past. There's um. Do you know Tammy Nielsen? Oh yeah, Tammy. Tammy yeah, from Canada. Tammy Nielsen. <laughs> he lives just up the road here. Yeah. And we go, we're going, we're going past Tammy's house, and Juliet goes, "Oh yeah, like sassy, like Tammy is." I went, "Got it." 
so that was so that was the name yeah all right yeah. perfect actually i do um, have quite a few friends that live in new zealand now you have friends oh, yeah. I, yeah i probably know them uh, <laughs> i you might know lee lee alimona he's he was a comedian no he achieved a certain level of fame down there i don't know if how much it was but he was doing pretty well at oh, for a bit. i'm reasonably distant from popular culture well there we go <laughs> that was my stab in the dark the others are just uh just uh friends i met on tours or canadians that uh, emigrated so they don't count yeah <laughs> Yeah, people do come here and, and then they don't leave. Well, kind of my, my wife and I have been wanting to to live down there for a few years. We, we keep talking about it. We haven't done it yet. But. Why? Laziness, mostly. <laughs> Money. No, no, why, 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 why here? Um, I love a lot of the, the culture that I encountered with, with Kiwis. Um, I loved my time in Australia. It was too hot <laughs> and too many poisonous things and terrible things that my wife hates. Um, and we both want to live overseas for a time. And New Zealand just kind of hit all the uh, X's for we could both love it there type thing. Yeah. Um, and it's far enough away from here to be <laughs> completely different, you know? Yeah. Although I do think uh, culturally New Zealanders and Canadians have a lot of crossovers that are um, kind of interesting. Um, but just, it's a beautiful, beautiful country. I've always wanted to go. Um, the Lord of the Rings really uh, cemented a lot of my nerd. I was, I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not the hugest token nerd. It's just one of those things where it's like, if I were there, I would go. Yeah. But right. it's it's not the reason for going. The reason for going is just I've always wanted to. Yeah, but all those all that big scenery stuff that's all South Island, um, whereas I'm kind of up towards the top of North Island. Um, it's 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 subtropical where I am. Mm. Sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know the, the hottest it'll get in the summer is oh are you. Are you you Fahrenheit? People, no, you know? no, 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 we no. Don't, we don't speak. Oh, freedom units. We speak proper temperature. We don't do those freedom oh, unit things. So it, it, it won't ever quite get to thirty oh. in the summer, and then Brilliant. like at night now because we're just almost coming into winter. At night it'll go down to nine um, degrees. Yeah, yeah. degrees. Yeah, oh. that's the thing. Their climate is amazing. It's perfect. Yeah. You know what the, sem- the temperature got up to last summer here? <laughs> 46 degrees. Oh, yeah. And That's then horrible. we normally sit minus 20. Hit 50 briefly yeah. on the mountain where I was. That's nuts. It was crazy. Uh, it I mean, where, where, where I am, we, we've never had, we don't have frost. Ever. You know. Oh, my. my oh. Stephanie, oh, you, you, we're moving to New Zealand. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> but that's but that's here. But, I mean, you could you, there's plenty of that down South Island, you know. You go move to Invercargill, you'll get you'll get all the. Well, places. I do see Invercargill. I do want to go there purely because of Burt Monroe. And is it what Burt Monroe? Oh right. I figured more people know him after the movie, The World's Fastest Indian. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Was that Invercargill? He was from Invercargill. Yeah. Okay. 
So that's like one of your all-time movies. So hey? that, that's one of my all-time favorite movies, and yeah, absolutely. Um, southernmost place in the British Empire, as he was fond of saying. Um, hmm. it gets a bit, the Stuart Island. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bluff, Bluff, which is a town on mainland New Zealand, which is further south, and then the Stuart Island, which is off to the south. Uh, anyway. He just said it in the movie a lot, man. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, oh, damn you, Hollywood. Don't fact check me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm up I'm up kind of near Auckland, so we're kind of 50 k's from Auckland. Um, it takes about 45 minutes if I would, wanted to get into the city, which I don't. Um, but I live in this little village of a thousand people at the southern end of a big long beach. That sounds great to me. That sounds incredible. Yeah. No, one yeah, of the things I'd love to do the most is like uh, move down there and then uh, just literally do a loop on a motorcycle around the whole, the whole country. Thing. Yep. Mm. Uh, good roads for that. Yeah. Yep. Lots of good, windy, fun road. Yeah. Yeah, I should do that. See you later, Casper. Yeah. Ciao. <laughs> Send me a postcard. Yeah, give me a call. <laughs> give me a call. Come and have a look at our beach. See if, see if my dog likes it. I doubt it. <laughs> Casper, this dog is the only dog I've ever encountered that has, like, just hated me from moment one and never changed. I don't know. I think you might have surprised him the first time you came in the door like, and startled him because you just came in. And I think... Because he's just intimidated by you, and he you freak him out. I don't know. I've, I've certainly tried yeah. <laughs> to make the, the friendship. Like I, say, work, I, I think but, the next yeah. steps are 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 middle ground, neutral ground. We'll go and like we'll meet at a park, like because he doesn't hold any. Like he, he definitely flips out on new people. Well, not flips out, but he barks at new people when they come in the house. But you know, now he's excited to see my dad. My dad's been here like five times and like forever. Yeah, I it's it's weird because I've always been one of those people I get along well with animals and mm-hmm. and they get along well with me, but there's just something with you. Know, he just doesn't like me, and that's okay. He doesn't have to, you know. Yeah. What sort of dog? He's a a coonhound border collie cross. Okay. So he's very very well, talkative. <laughs> everything is a howl and a bark. Yeah. Don't look at him when you go in. Don't don't make eye contact. That's a that's a sign of aggression with dogs looking looking up in the eye. Hmm. I've tried just to ignore him, let him do his thing and stuff. He's just something about me, and I, I'm a big guy, yeah. So it could be that. I don't know. I've I've had uh, animals be a little skittish because of the beard, but you have a beard, so it's not the beard thing. I don't know what it is. Yeah. We'll get to the bottom of it one day, just not today. Maybe you need herding. That's what my yeah. dog does. She's um she's a uh, she's half hunt away, which is a New Zealand breed, and half bearded collie. And that's a it's a breed they use for um it's a cross that they use for herding cattle. So they can go off a couple of kilometers out, out of sight and bring cattle in. And they just bark and bark and bark at them and just, you know, round them up like that. <laughs> so if she if she sees people walking on the beach who haven't got a dog with them, she feel <laughs> that they're probably they're probably a they're probably a stray, so she'll go and try and round them up and bark at them a lot. My my in-laws have a dog named Gizmo, and uh, I don't remember the breed, but it is it is some uh, New Zealand breed. She's she's a herder as well, and uh, she she 
She barks a fair amount. Like when she's outside by herself, all she does is run around barking. Bark, 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 everywhere she goes. But when she gets bored, she'll start poking you with her nose. Yeah, it sounds. Is, is it a hunter way? It sounds like a hunter way. Uh, it might be. I don't. I. I honestly don't recall. Poke you up the bum. She'll. Yeah, that's okay. how she's. Yeah. So and she'll. <laughs> when uh, when guests would come over, like we had our wedding reception, at, out on the mountain on their property, and uh, Gizmo was running around <laughs> poking everybody, <laughs> like, "Hey, back over there! Get like just yeah. hurting all of the guests," <laughs> which was really funny. Especially when Gizmo decided it was bedtime at like nine thirty, ten o'clock and the party's still raging. And uh, then Gizmo's trying to like poke everybody to, get, to go in the house because <laughs> she wants to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> Getting to be quite old, that dog. Still white in the face now. Anyway, now we've talked about uh, almost everything in the world but pickups. Um, and pickups. And <laughs> but and pickups. Oh, yeah. oh, just kidding. No, this is, this is a, I think it's a pretty normal episode for us, actually. A little bit. All over the place, but hey, point is, people are getting to know you. And that's what we want. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, pickups are great, and I'm really happy to talk about pickups. But it's also nice just having a natter with, with people who are into guitars. Agreed. Yeah, although we drift off and talk about other stuff as well, of course. <laughs> but I think, I think uh, it's the, and, and I, like you said earlier on about community, you know, I think that's like-minded people. You know, there's there's a thing in common that 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 none of us are as good as we like to be at playing guitar. And there you go. We're hmm. on the same journey. I'm a genius. I don't know what you're talking about, Glenn. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Have you actually, you reckon you've got that? Al knows no, everything yeah. about no. playing guitar. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think it was that long ago. Al said that the next, the first person to tell him that they know everything about guitar is the first person he unfollows. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm not going to name him because that would be really, really kind of underhanded and mean. But I have a friend, and he is a friend. Yeah. Um, that I love dearly. But uh, many years ago, he said he'd mastered guitar. <laughs> It's like, what? What do you really? mean? He's like, I've mastered it. I know how to sweep pick. I know how to, and he named all these things. He's like, I've mastered the instrument. And I just in my head, I was like, you have so not mastered it, but you are definitely done learning it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he was, man. I, I haven't heard him change a day since on guitar. And uh, before that, I could hear different improvements. Yeah. Um, but as soon as he was like, I've mastered this, he was done. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, the one thing I am certain of with guitar, and I'm not saying this because of the point I just made, but the one thing I'm certain of is that I am not a master player, nor will I ever be. <laughs> I think, um, Michael Dunn said it really well when in our, one of our previous episodes from the Victoria guitar show about. You know, he's been doing it for, you know, over 50 years. And he was like, I'm by no means a master, yeah. you know. You just learn how much there is more to learn. Yeah. That's. Mm. And then yeah. somebody asks you a question about stuff and you go, oh, actually, I have no idea about you know, resonators from the 1930s or whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, yeah, I know what they are, but. uh and I think as a, as a guitar repairer, that was fascinating. I, was, I did that for 25 years. And um, and you, 
you don't as, as a, if you're a maker you get to choose what what you do but the repairers don't people could bring you anything and it's fascinating just just coming across all these things that you'd never heard of you know <laughs> luckily the laws of physics are exactly the same to all of them so you know pretty much the same principles apply but um yeah it's really it, it's it's yeah you, you never get there you never get anywhere near it but yeah. i don't anyway no because there's there's no there's no end to learning yeah so capping capping it by saying you've learned it all is just like well you're you're putting that on yourself <laughs> the, yeah, the universe hasn't stopped offering knowledge to learn about a thing there's there's no end to it so yeah yeah you're right it's, uh, that, that, that says more that says about yourself doesn't it about about your attitude thing yeah yeah but no I've, I've certainly got a million things to learn which is great and the pickups have been good you know in the last couple of years i've, I've this learning gosh you know i've learned computer design and video editing and all these things that you know and animation and all these things that, that i would never have come across you know whereas i thought oh i want to animate a little robot to play guitar so who's going to do that then <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah it's been yeah it's been really good actually and and lots of other stuff like working things out like the packaging you know you, you can go and buy you can just go and buy packaging but i want this packaging to be compostable so where do I get that from? And then what do we put on the packaging to show who it is? Well, we've got to get stamps made that are, use a vegetable ink. And then, so there's all these things that, that you, you, you learn. And I, I made a video with, with our packaging as well, where I sort of proved that it is compostable by eating my own packaging. Um, I saw that video, Glenn. <laughs> yeah. That killed me, man. That was great. Yeah, and I was with hopefully hoping that I mean basically that's that's going. Come on, Seymour, what's it? What is it with these plastic boxes, buddy? You know, yeah. What what are you doing? You're know, Andamars, yeah. Everybody, they all these plastic boxes. Um, the uh, and yeah, <laughs> just but and I was trying to get other other people, small makers of stuff to um uh to do the same. I mean, nobody has, which is fair play. <laughs> uh, but I. I I chatted with Ben from your, your Redwick Pedals. I know Redwick Pedals. Um, We've never talked. Yeah. To him. So ben, Ben's he's a he's a Kiwi, and um, so I'll chat with him about his if he'd make a video about his packaging. And he went, "Oh, yeah, oh, I just got to figure out how to do it." He said, "Because I, I, I wrap the I wrap the pedals in denim first. He said, "Just just give me." A, he hasn't done it. At fair play, I'm not going to push him. But um, he says, "Yeah, I just got to figure out how to eat denim." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you'd want to. Or you could make a video of, I don't know, different ways to use the denim once you have it. Yeah. Scoop yeah. eggs out of boiling water with it. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Please show me how that's done, Al. You hold yeah. the two ends and just dip the, the lower, the, the view of the denim in there. Scoop the egg out. I'm not saying it's the greatest way. I'm just, you know, just, you got to come up with your own things here, man. It's amazing. Yeah, no, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, sure there's lots of lots of scope for that. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, I tried to make that a bit of a thing. But at, at, at the end of the day, all it does is make, is, is me making the point, look, this is impossible stuff. Um, and I'm making the point in a rather silly way. I don't really want to be preachy. So. Uh, you, you what like some of the videos? <laughs> you you made me laugh. I, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> Good. 
like I make some videos on the beach as well, just showing you know, this is how pickups work and this is how that works. And I kind of thought I'd like to make videos showing you know what a treble bleed is and that. And it was like, well, actually, what this is is a middle-aged bloke talking about physics. It's pretty bloody dull. <laughs> so, so I went down the beach. I went down the beach. I got to make the film. It went down the beach, and I drew the diagrams in the sand with a stick. Um, I took two dogs down there because um, there's always chaos when you've got two dogs and you're trying to do something. Uh, so I made a little series of videos down there, just a just short thing, just saying, you know, draw a diagram, this is how it works. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to make more videos, but it's I'm, I'm rather busy making pickups at the moment. Yeah, that's uh, social media takes a lot of time. I actually just saw um, a new episode on YouTube, uh, Tone Tuga TV. Uh, he's putting out a TV series now. And I was actually just going to watch it. And some of it was about how m- social media is the, is kind of the boss and, but you don't really know how to do it and you're not really allowed to know how to do it. And, but your results are directly based upon how well you do it. You know, like your success as the, at that job is, is it, it absolutely made perfect sense. I was like, Holy smokes. I was like, that's profound. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get, we have a, a friend of ours, uh, both of us, I don't want to, again, name them, but uh, they're pretty averse to social media, <laughs> and as a builder, it's, uh, it gets really hurting them. Yeah. Just too bad. Oh, you have to, you can't, you can't, the, yeah, the days of, of, of not joining in are gone, you can't, you, you have to join in with it, you have to do it regularly. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's Although, it, it, nobody's looking for ads in the back of guitar magazines anymore. Nobody's looking for things on flyer polls or anything like that. It's social media. But but also that you don't see a direct result from it. You know, you just put you put stuff up and you just keep doing it, and then you know, keep your shoulder to it and slow and steady things sort of happen. And yeah, I, I, I actually quite enjoy it. I I, I do I do uh, mainly Instagram. And I do some Facebook. Um, I've looked at Twitter and I've looked at TikTok, but really I can't. Oh man. I signed up to TikTok for about two weeks and then I deleted the app. <laughs> I still have my account, I guess, but, um, I yeah. signed up, I followed Coloma guitars, like a handful of other guitar builders. And, uh, no matter what I did, cause I never, I never searched anything. I didn't know how to search anything. Uh, I had to get my wife to help me with it. This is how pathetic it was. My wife had to help me find these guitar builders that I wanted to follow, to follow them. So I followed six people. Uh, I didn't know how to search for stuff. <laughs> but TikTok knew I was a 40-year-old man. And so every time I would open it up, the only thing I had was like, women dancing in skimpy outfits to like weird little songs and stuff. And it was like, what the heck's going on? And, and it just became apparent. It was like, this is what it assumes the average 40 year old man wants signing up to this site. So this is what it's giving me. And until I figure out how to change that work, the algorithms, this is all I'm going to (laughs) see. Like I wasn't even seeing the things I was following. I just got frustrated and deleted the entire app. I was like, I'm I'm done. I own I own oh, yeah. my I own my name that I need I wanted to own for my artist name. I've got it. It's secure. I'm done. <laughs> Deleting the app. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. And I mean, YouTube's I don't I don't do enough with YouTube, but that YouTube's pretty good as well. And all the demos and stuff go on there. Yeah. I 
I like YouTube. I like Instagram, Facebook. I'm liking less and less, but it's a part of the life anyway. But yeah, there's there's some facets to YouTube that are really useful, and then others that are total time traps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, we got to just make an abrupt, unceremonious end here. Before we do that, uh, where do people best find you, Glenn? Well, the aforementioned Instagram uh, is probably the best um, for that. I've got a website, which is mrglinspickups.com. Um, the YouTube. Uh, and Glyn is search with G-L-Y-N, by the way, folks. G-L-Y-N. There's just one N. Yeah, you don't need any more than one. Um, yeah, so that's probably the best place, actually. In, in Instagram, probably the best place. It's got one of those, you know, Insta bio link things. And you're link to the website and everywhere else. Mr. Glenn's Pickups on Instagram? It is Mr. Glenn's Pickup. Just that, M-R-G-L-Y-N-S, Pickups. Okay. Yep, and, and the website is mrglinspickup.com. Perfecto. Perfect. We'll include all these uh, these links into the show notes so people can find you there as well. Um, and, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Go check them out. Go follow them on social media. Um, and, Glenn, we can't thank you enough for joining us on the show, man. It was really awesome chatting. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been yeah. fun. Yep. Yeah. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week, folks. <laughs>